This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. I hope you're having an amazing day. Damn, what an episode I have coming up to you. I'm extremely excited about this one. Uh, In today's episode, I sit down with Mark Fox. Now, Mark is the owner of CoFox Digital, which is really the company behind some of the industry's best uh, when it comes to some of the the more well-known names that you guys know. So, so what am I talking about here? I'm just going to rattle off some names for you. It's pretty impressive. Ben Pikulski, Joe Bennett, Eugene Teo, and Jordan Peters. And to be honest, I probably could have hand, uh, added a handful of others to that list. But man is the ma- Mark is the man behind the, the websites and softwares and the strategy um, of all of those names So, um, and how they deliver their world-class service and obviously um, build extremely successful businesses. Uh, he's the man. He's the brain behind the, behind the other brains, if, if that's what you want to say. Um, but the reason I'm excited for this episode is purely because um, me and Mark really d- did talk the same language. Um, you know, business strategy is a big passion of mine, but when you talk to someone who's dealing with the best in the industry, and he really is a quiet achiever, I must say that because, you know, um, a lot of people wouldn't know who Mark is, and he's not someone who um, goes boasting and, and he's not all over social media. Um, but I can say that, you know, he's a really impressive individual. He knows business strategy on such a deep level. Um, and somebody who's in the tech space as well, I think you've got to respect that. I think that's where the industry's going. I think that's where the world's going. COVID's probably accelerated that up even more. Uh, and this guy develops the, you know, some of the best apps, uh, with the best, uh, minds in the fitness industry behind them. So, um, it's super interesting to hear about Mark's journey um, and also we take a deep dive into a strategy and we try to unpack that for you guys so that you can understand it uh, and you can obviously walk away from this having some really, really great ideas uh, and innovation that's going to help you guys um, start to execute on business strategy within your business as well. So super interesting talk. Uh, I loved it. Me and, you know, as I said, me and Mark really talk the same language and uh, it's something that you know, business strategy is something that a lot of people struggle to grasp as well. So this is going to be super uh, a super beneficial episode for all business owners out there. Um, so um, as I said, I'm excited for you guys to take a deep dive into it as well and, and tune in and strap yourselves in and, and even get the notebook out because this is, some, some, this is definitely an episode that you're going to want to be taking notes on. Now, before we jump into the episode, guys... Um, Super exciting. Class four of Steel on the Walls launches August 31st. So you can you can register for that now. Um, now, this is a three-week intensive for those of you who don't know where you'll learn the foundational principles of uh, business defense. Uh, and really, it's they are the, the principles that underpin some of the most successful businesses in the industry. Um, you know, obviously, today talking with Mark and business strategy, a lot of that isn't possible if you're not tracking metrics. And we actually talk about this a bit, but, uh, you know, having cash flow um, and really creating a brand, a strong brand, one that's world class. These are the, the, the four sectors that we talk about in the course. And it's really interesting because obviously you'll hear a lot of those come through today's episode. But um, as I said, this is a three-week intensive, so it is super intensive. It's not for the faint-hearted. You're going to have to put in a lot of work. Um, we assess you on every single module. There's six lectures, three modules. We, uh, we You also have to complete um, review questions after each module, and um, and then at the end, you'll be doing a final project where you'll be advi- uh, giving advice and creating um, a, a presentation for your own company on the moves that you should make based on the principles that we're teaching you. So it's a super intensive course. You're going to get a lot out of it if you're a business owner. You'll be able to apply it directly to your business right now. It's going to help you make better decisions right now, which really in today's circumstance, there really isn't a more important time to make sound business decisions because good decisions make you time and money and bad decisions cost you time and money. And, and right now, um, both of those, you know, um, it, it's really important to make sound business decisions. 
So, you know, many of our students as well come from different fields. We have coaches, trainers, um, therapists, clinicians. We've even had uh, business owners that are just not from the fitness industry jump in and and they get something out of it as well because we do teach principles. And, you know, the one thing that um, remains the same is that um, the principles don't change from business to business. These are the foundations of your defense in business. This is judgment. This is improving your judgment and allowing you to make better decisions that make you um, and, and time and money and, and really help you progress in business. Um, so you do get lifetime access as well, which is something that I'm, you know, I do want to reiterate that is that we've had people go through the course three times now um they've jumped in every time we've taught it because uh, it does evolve but we also you know we also want you to understand this stuff we don't just want to kind of teach you and leave you we want to make sure that you can continuously um get a, a deeper understanding of these concepts uh, and it is something that sticks with you for a lifetime uh, and really these are the foundations this is this should be the minimum standard for business owners across the land we believe that this should be in every business owner's hand and um, that's why we're super passionate about it and we're going to continue to run this and give people lifetime access one last thing guys um, I, I just want everyone to know as well we don't want um, money to be the reason that you can't do this course so if you are experiencing hardship um, we know that this is an extremely tough time we know that it's a, a time that people are going to be struggling and, and obviously um, businesses and uh, you know jobs are, are being um, they're being lost and, and businesses are obviously um, taking a bit of a hit so as I said we want this to be in the hands of all business owners we want this to be the minimum standard across the industry so um, we and again, we don't want money to be the reason that you don't do this course. So if you are experiencing hardship, shoot me an email, um, Kyle at Elite Vitality Coaching, um, and I'll I'll help. We'll work something out for you, and, and we'll get you in the course. Um, and, and obviously, that is if you're experiencing hardship. So apart from that, guys, um, you know, head on over to the show notes if you're interested. Um, the website's in there, and you can click through. Uh, but apart from that, guys, I really hope you enjoy the episode. I know I did. Um, this is this is really my language. This is the stuff I love. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. So um, if you did enjoy the episode and you want to share it, give us a tag uh, or leave us a review uh, and I'll see you on the other side, guys. People only see, that's when they find out about you. So that's when they see and they're like, well, he did that overnight. Like, well, he was born that way or something. And it's not, it's, everything's fucking hard work. And you just, as long as you graft day in day out, you, you'll get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I started the recording because I think this is this is a great conversation. I hope you don't mind. But, oh, nice. Um, no, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that's honestly, and and that's it's 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 great hearing that from your mouth, right? Because you're dealing with some mm. of the best in the industry, or if not the best, um, at yeah. what they do, and and you seem to attract the best, right? Which is, you know, I think there's something to be said about that. But you know, I, I've been talking about this so much lately, man. It's like. So, and, and I call it kind of skipping the, the queue, right? Like I, when I, when I talk about yep. it, I'm like, there's so many people trying to skip the queue. Like it's, and, 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 and I said this last night, I was on a podcast and it's like, um, everybody's looking for the big, the big break, you know, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, especially, and, and this is what social media does, right? It's like, you, you go on social media and you go on someone like, you know, let's like even just some of your clients and you go on their followings and you're like, Wow but straight away you don't see where they started. You don't have any idea, yeah. you know, where they were. And, um, and that's probably the biggest, I guess, problem with social media is it does. And it forces people to create not only an internal hierarchy, right. But it's like, yeah, because that's a, that's a, that's a problem in itself. That's why people, you know, people, that's why there's so much inconsistency with, um, I guess, I wouldn't say work ethic, but you know, that's why people have these kind of quick rises where they're super motivated for maybe three or four days and then they're off yeah. all of a sudden when something goes wrong and, and that, and, and there's that inconsistency and that's that internal hierarchy where they're like, you know, they feel horrible for the fact that they didn't put in the work or do what they said they were going to do. And then they go on this big aggressive accelerated kind of thing. And, and they are kind of doing stuff that's not really them. It's not authentic to who they are or what, what they're really standing for. And then yeah. it's that cycle, right? But then the other side of it is kind of, um, you know, the fact that people are just they, like, I mean, and it's the whole thing. And I think this is probably where you come into the picture for a lot of people is like, you know, when people get followings and, and honestly, I, I believe that, you know, a lot of the time people are chasing a following instead of 
trying to be a leader, you know, like they're, they're doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons. Whereas like, you know, in the early days of social media, it's, it's the people who have now got followings and not all of them. There are some people that aren't in that, that same thing, but the people that, and, and you'd be able to probably give some insight in this, the people that have followings that are actually highly engaged are doing great things. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of the time, like, you know, I look at, I look at some of the guys with the biggest followings um, and girls, you know, like, you know, but you look at, um, you know, even Eugene, right? Like Eugene, even J- Jordan Shallow, right? You look at these guys and they're doing amazing work, you know, like yeah. traveling the world, presenting, doing these kind of things. And, and it's like people and I feel like are chasing the, the following without yeah. wanting the sacrifice over here. Like, you know, the, the countless yeah, yeah flights the the countless you know uh, you know the amount of study that you know jordan went to school for like eight years um at university and it's like you know there's there's this side that nobody sees but everybody starts chasing this and then you know it very much becomes this meticulous like filter and and Mm. a graphic and all of this kind of stuff and then it's like yeah well there's this other side where you actually have to be doing something that's worth following yeah and you have to actually be doing great work and I mean, I might even, you know, like put that to you and say, what, what do you notice about the guys that you are working with? What's the, what's the thing that actually makes them great? Yeah. I mean, so many things you said there that I wanted to jump in on, but for the most part, the thing is, is that every single person that I work with, and in fact, everyone that I know in life who's successful has become successful by doing something that they love and then being passionate about it, being consistent with it. And then success and money and everything comes as a result of them doing the thing they love. They, nobody that I know that's successful ever set out to say, I want to make a million pounds by the time I'm 30. I want to earn 10 million by the time I'm 40. None of them do that. They all just pick something. I really like this. I'm going to do everything all day, every day. I'm going to get involved in it. I'm going to get my teeth stuck into it. I'm going to learn everything there is to know about it. Um, and then by doing that and by being passionate and by focusing on the thing you love, people feel that when they follow you online and they can recognize that you're doing it because you love it, not because you're trying to you know, sell some sort of crappy product to someone or something like that. And because then you love it, they'll follow along with you. And I remember back in the day, Jordan specifically, you know, seven, eight years ago, he used to spend hours like on, it was his Facebook page to start with Jordan Peters. And he would be there and anyone that ever typed a comment, to anything that he'd written. He'd write this big, long article about something, going into massive detail. People would write comments and he'd be up all night just replying to people, answering comments and going through stuff. And that wasn't because he thought, well, one day I'm going to earn loads of money for this. It was because he, he just loved being in that conversation and learning and absorbing. And then over time, that just made him incredible. Um, and I think the important thing as well is that each of them are true to themselves, meaning that they're, they can be quite polarizing in their viewpoints but that makes them an individual. Whereas I think if you're always trying to chase after that following, you're trying to please everyone all the time. And then you sort of have this diluted message of, well, I sort of agree with this. I don't agree with that. And really you have to kind of be your own person. So all of these people are very true to their words. They're, you know, they're focused on what they're doing. And then as a result of their love and passion for what they're doing, they've become successful as opposed to chasing the money and then figuring it out along the way kind of thing, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think the other the other piece in there is their potential, right? Like I think the one thing that yeah. you probably notice with working with these guys is they love chasing their potential. And that's the one yeah. thing I know is like, you know, you said something at the start and, and it wasn't exactly what, you know, I thought you were gonna say, but you know, it's like I often say is like name the last millionaire that stopped at a million dollars. Yeah. Right? And it's like, yeah, there's a piece of that where, you know, it could be money or for some people, mm-hmm. but I know that a lot of them it's about just reaching their potential. It's about the fact that yeah. You know, when, and and this is something that, you know, I definitely feel is like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not actually trying to make progress and get better um, on a personal level, then I don't feel fulfilled. You know, I don't feel like I I like to reach my potential. So that's a, that's a combination of study. That's a combination of doing courses myself. It's a combination of the work I do. And, and I mean, I, I would, and that's the one thing I've noticed, especially with some of the guys that we work with that we work alongside with, right. Is that, yeah. you know, like the, the Jordans and these kind of guys is that there's a big piece there that they, they really want to reach their potential, but then they have that yeah. passion and purpose that really drives the ship forward. And actually, you know, they want, they want, you know, I was talking to Jordan and um, Charlotte, we've got two Jordans going on in this combo, but um, <laughs> we were talking about it this morning. Um, I was on his, his podcast and um we were talking about, you know, 
like wanting to to really leave the industry in a better place, right? Like yeah. when it comes, and that's what I, I, you know, a lot of these, that's, that is the, the, the passion and purpose comes from that, right? Like if, yeah. you know, there's a, again, it's the, the wanting to reach my own potential, but then it's, you know, okay. And this is, this is the, where you said the truth, right? It's like, they're true to themselves. They, they, and yeah. a big part of that is like, why do they want to be true to themselves? You know, one, because they obviously, they value and respect themselves, but two, because it's like, there's a, a, uh, ethical kind of obligation there for them as leaders in the mm. industry uh, and they perceive themselves as leaders to to kind of do what's right and and do what they yeah. truly believe in and that would be to push the needle forward as an industry yeah and i think if you for any one of them if you like taking that ethical and moral like standpoint within them and their belief system and everything if you took the money out every single one of them would continue to do what they're doing yeah. whether or not they had to go and get a job to pay the bills you know just to make ends meet they would but they would continue day in day out to do the thing they're currently doing they wouldn't stop just because the money stopped um and i think that's i mean it's so important like anyone in the world they did a survey in america whereby uh, they determined like uh the relationship between happiness and the amount of yeah, income yeah, yeah. And so I think it capped out at like $75,000 or yeah. something like that. And then from that point on, onwards, like money doesn't correlate with happiness. So you could earn $75,000 a year and just stop. And that's about as happy as most people are going to get. Um, so what is it that keeps driving you and keeps going and uh, keeps you going? And for that, you need purpose. And it's like you said, it's every day that you get out of bed, you have to, I think you have to be a little bit better than the day before. And if you're constantly looking to progress in that way, uh, constantly looking just to make those small changes and just to kind of better yourself, whether it's education or physique wise or mentally or anything, um, then you're going to keep driving forward and become successful in your own right, whatever that means to you. Um, that's what these people do. They're not, they're, they're not kind of rigid in bank accounts and money and things like that. They're just, how can I be the best at what it is I'm doing right now? They just like, they want to encompass every part of knowledge that they're doing to be the most successful in that. So they can leave a legacy to people that are you know following behind them. 100%. And that, that's, I can totally agree with, you know, just some of the, the high level people that I've um, both spoken to and worked with as well. Um, I think that's definitely the common denominator there. And man, like I, I, I heard this for quite a while ago. It's like the, the recipe for success is do what you love to do and do it to the best of your ability. It doesn't get, yeah. it doesn't, it's, you know, there's no more complication to it. Um, no. if you do that for your whole life. You, you'll be successful. Yeah. Uh, and I want to, you know, like, yeah, go on. Oh no, no, you go, you go. No, I was going to say, so I was reading this really interesting thing about um, sort of quick fixes and going into kind of like the brain chemistry of dopamine and uh, adrenaline responses. And they were talking about why, what causes somebody to, to give up. Um, and, and I think this is my own theory in itself, right? So this could be complete BS and don't pay attention to it. But my own theory in amongst itself is that we've all become like dopamine junkies. So we all want that quick fix, you know, the dopamine release in the brain, it makes you feel good. It's a sensation you get if you eat a bit of chocolate or something like that, you're like, oh, I feel great. And I think that through social media, we're perpetuated by this idea of perfection. Um, and, you know, getting a like is a, a dopamine fix in our brain. Oh, we've got a like on our picture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we have these periods of stress in our body where uh, uh, neuroadrenaline gets pumped out in our brain. That's like the fight or flight response where you want to go and do something. And those frustrations and stresses are good. But when the adrenaline side of things, neuroadrenaline gets, gets higher than dopamine and dopamine starts to get depleted, your body gets to a point of, wow, I just can't be bothered anymore. I give up. Um, and that's why, you know, if you're going on a long distance run or something like that, it may not be muscle fatigue that's causing you to stop. It's because in your brain, you just, it's just not worth it anymore. The reward your brain's giving you on a chemistry level isn't worth it in response to the stress that you're getting. Um, and I think that every single day now, whether it's fitness and a physique or business or whatever, we're shown this image of you need to be perfect and you need to overnight, you need this success. So we're on this quick fix, this quick dopamine fix of I need likes, I need success, I need people to buy my product today, people to see my thing today. Um, and after two or three days, people have this like stint of just absolutely smashing it and then they don't get any result and then they're like, oh, well, you know, I can't bother anymore. Um, whereas the longevity, the point of all this is the longevity um, or something is, is the day in and day out stuff. It's, it's the little boring things that don't give you a dopamine response that aren't going to make you excited, where you just keep persevering, you push it at wall, you just keep going and going and going and going and going, which essentially long-term are going to lead to reward as opposed to, you know, these sort of quick fixes. It's a very long way around to, to talk about. Yeah, like, so, so it's funny you say how you react to things. I've done a, a fair bit of study on this, right? And mm. um, so dopamine is actually the anticipation. 
right? So right. dopamine isn't the release once you have it. It's what drives mm. you to want to have it, to anticipate Got having it. it. So dopamine isn't what, when I have the chocolate, that's when what you said that we get the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, norepinephrine, I can never say this word. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, those adrenaline responses and these kind of things, these are the things that happen after we do it. But a dopamine mm. is actually the anticipation, right? So now the thing is, and, and, and you're on the right track, right? 110% because, oh, you're pretty much correct. It's like the anticipation is what drives us to want something. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it's the anticipation of what the chocolate will taste like in my mouth that actually makes me want yeah. it. That's why we walk past bakeries and every, and all of a sudden you want a, you want a sausage roll yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, you haven't or you want a pie <laughs> and, and, you know, you're not even hungry, right? It's yeah. the anticipation that actually drives that want and need. Now, that's why, you know, with our phones, right, it's the, we're, we're anticipating the like. We pick our phone up mm. because we want it. We're anticipating someone commenting. It's the notification. Oh, what have they said? Well, who's liked yeah, it? Yeah. How many likes do I have? Um, but the problem is, is that dopamine is, it's a, you're chasing a phantom all the time, right? So it doesn't, yeah. you know, you're always chasing a phantom. So you're right. When you're going on a run, the thing that will probably deter you is the fact that, you know, there's got, there's two desire circuits. There's a desire, sorry, there's a two dopamine circuits. There's a desire circuit and there's a control circuit. The mm. desire circuit and the control circuit are both uh, dopaminergic, right? So they're both uh, run, they're both, you know, um, dopamine will attach itself to both of the neural, um, the neurons, right? So yeah. the, the key to this is, um, really creating a vision of what success is to you and then making sure that it's, it's true. It's true to you, right? Because what ends up happening is, is that when you are on the run and, you know, your desire to, to stop or it's, you know, to, you know, it's like, you know, I'm anticipating what I'm going to feel like when I stop, that's driven by dopamine, but yeah. you can also have, okay, well, well what about the, 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 the dopamine response that I get um, from controlling that and actually continuing and finishing the run? Right. Yeah. And it's about, it's about, it's about being able to play, to play with those and understand those. Right. Cause mm. it's, and, and then, but think about it. If you're just running and you haven't really set a goal or you don't know why you're running or there's no real big meaning behind you doing that run. That's why like the best, the people that look the best in the world, right. They have a goal. They're either, you know, bodybuilders yeah. who want to get on stage. They've got all these things. Cause they've got this end outcome that when they're, you know, you know, when you've got, um, when they're on the leg press and you know they're you know 20 reps in and, and there's six to go right you know the best in the in the in the business are the ones who, who train the hardest right it's the ones who go above yeah. and beyond. It's the one who they measure every every single gram of their food right and and it's not to say that it's the fact that it's there they're doing olympia or they're doing a competition it's the fact that they've set clear goals for themselves and they've got a clear yeah. outcome that they're working towards so that when they feel like stopping which is a, a dopamine desire circuit. They desire to stop. It's the control circuit that comes in and actually over overrides this one and says, yeah. nah, look, you're probably going to feel better on stage looking absolutely amazing. You're probably going to feel better in the photo shoot when you look absolutely amazing. You're probably going to feel better just completing and not fucking, you know, not, not kind of... Um, I don't want to kind of use that word, but not, not kind of not going to, to your potential or what you should be doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Not doing what you should be doing. So it's really funny. There's a good book on it. Um, it's called um, the molecule of more. Um, and it's okay. a guy, a guy from um, Stanford, I think it is who maybe not, but he, he wrote it and it goes into detail. So that's really, really interesting that you, you say that, right. Is that um, it's definitely um, plays a role in it. But I, you know, I think the other thing that you said that was, um, the other part of what you said as well, right? Where it's, um, you know, why people are stopping, right? It's, mm. we are, we are overfed with dopamine, you know, like that's, that's what these, this thing does continuously. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not doing a lot of, it's, it's, it's a great tool, but it's, it's also kind of got doing some harm with, with, yeah. our, um, with the world. And it's interesting because we're starting to, so within business now in itself, we're starting to figure out ways to use that response in order to keep your engagement and your, keep you paying attention into what we're doing, right? So things like with uh, long-term engagement on an app or a platform, people are so used now to consuming content so quickly. So you need to give people a reason to stay. So in terms of like longevity, yeah, so gamification, um, giving people those quick wins so they get those nice 
feel-good chemicals in their brain. Um, you know, there's lots of, and people kind of can say, and this is something actually I was going to come on to is people can talk about sort of tricks and tactics. And sometimes people will say to me when I have conversations with them about their business and scaling their business, et cetera, and they'll say they're too worried about kind of sounding like a salesman, like pushing their, their products all the time or selling their products all the time. Um, and I think if you're someone that feels that way, it sort of speaks that you're not, you don't believe in the products yourself. Mm. Because if I say my, say my mom was like really ill or something and I had the cure for it, I'd, every day I'd be ringing her up and going, mom, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to take. This is the most wonderful thing ever. It's going to fix you. It's going to help you. Um, and there's ways, of course, to structure that and do it to people. But if you ever feel like what you're doing is salesy or pushy, then what you're selling or what you're putting out isn't true to you. You're prob you probably are being shady. Like You should feel so happy that you're able to share your product with the world that you, you should want to. Every time you do something, you should like tell people about it and kind of sing, you know, sing it from the mountaintops. Um, but that in itself, sorry, I got off track. I was talking about sort of gamification. Yeah, so all these quick wins and stuff. No, 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 you're right. Like, that, that's a really yeah. great point, man. Like that, that the sales mm. mindset, right, is like, you know, because again, that's the problem that most people face. It's like, you know, what you're doing isn't about you. You know, like it's never yeah. about you and, and it's about your client. And, and if you've got yeah, the yeah. formula or you've got the, the service and, and you truly believe in it, um, then you've got, you know, you never, you never, you're never actually going to question whether or not yeah, why would you? It's the best thing for the person sitting in front of you. And it's like, you know, you, you only ever feel bad if you know that it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Right. And if, and, and, or you don't believe in your product, right? Which is, mm. you know, that's the only two times that you'll ever do that. Like there might be someone sitting in front of you who's just not the right fit, but you, you know, yeah. you, you, you try to sell them anyway. And then that comes out in the way you think, or, you know, you just don't believe in your product. And if you don't believe in your product, as you said, like, you know, it's never going to happen. Yeah, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it's like, you should always, uh, what was the saying that I heard before? It was, um, you need to figure out a way to fix your, your potential customer or client. You need to figure out a way to fix their problem better than they can fix it themselves. Mm. And if you can do that for somebody, if, I can, if someone's struggling with something, whether it's you know, an emotional, personal issue they've got or a fear of something or anxiety, whatever the case may be, if you've got a solution for that person that fixes it better than they can fix it for themselves, then you should be proud about having that available to them. And it's not about kind of doing a hard sell to anybody ever. It's about educating them to the benefits that you can offer them to help them with X, Y, or Z problem. Um, it's not about, and I think that's the real difference in the people that I work with. It's never been about just trying to sell products to people. It's about like-minded individuals that perhaps aren't aware specifically of what it is that we do, but they have the same pain points. So especially bodybuilding and nutrition and fitness and all that stuff, a lot of people get into it for the same reasons. Um, and it's just a case of not so much handholding, but letting people making them aware of the fact that we're kind of, we've been through that too. And this is how we go about it and kind of nurturing people into your membership platform or whatever it is on the basis that you can help them better than they can help themselves. Um, as opposed to just, you know, pushing crap to people all the time. Yeah. hundred percent. And I always say to myself, like it's, and, and I, some to obviously when we talk to people from a sales perspective is so, is that, you know, if, if like it's, it's, well, Sorry, Siri. Um, so we always, you know, I always say that if, if, if you're questioning whether or not that it's the right thing to do, right. Or the right, if you, if you're questioning the sale, right, that's a direct mm. reflection of an internal thing, right. It's never an external yeah. thing. It's, it's never about that. And it's like, you know, to, it, it's like, is this the right thing for the person in front of you? And if it is right, then, it's, it's like, and you believe that you can truly help them, right? That's, yeah. that's, that, that's the formula, right? It's like, and, and if it's yeah. not, right, if it's not, then you don't, you don't make the sale. You, 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 you actually, like, it's like the whole thing with putting work and, and giving work to other people. It's like, there's some, there seems to be this thing where it's like, and again, this is all about the self, right? It's like people, they get so caught up in, in their own emotions and their own feelings and their own thing that they can't actually listen to the person in front of them or they can't actually yeah. communicate their service to the best of their ability. And it's like, you know, that's, I think that's the, the thing that, you know, uh, we often see is that the sales mindset is that, it, you know, if I truly, like I always I say is like, is if that person walks away and they don't buy, what's the consequence? Yeah. You know? and, and you actually start to think about, okay, well, like, you know, they could continue to be obese. They could yeah. have a heart attack at the age of 50. You know, it could lead to other things. It's like, you've got all these consequences, right? That you're, you're actually not even paying attention to because you're so worried about your own 
emotions during yeah. that during this process right like so if somebody says to me oh you know i get i get shy in front of camera or you know and that like that's a bad example but it's like you know or like when i'm i i get scared of asking for money so you get scared yeah. of asking for money because of your own emotions like this yeah. person if they walk away because you didn't stand up and deliver or you don't believe in your product and or you know you, you know whatever it is it's like you don't know what the consequences they could face are yeah. you know like they they that there are diet like i've i've had a i've had someone right who in my early days right it's like like you know they they didn't they didn't sign up to what i this was on a pt you know early on right. and, and probably about you know eight years ago now um and then they come back to me a year later and and they had had a heart attack and that was mm. in my mind the thing that triggered and, and i've gone holy shit right like you know and that was the thing that triggered it was like I, i'm never yeah. gonna not try to I'm never not delivering ever again. Like I'm yeah. never, it's not about me anymore because you know what? Maybe if I stood up in that moment, she, she might, might not have gone down that path. Yeah. And like, but you know, obviously that's with a one-to-one sales type perspective, but you know, that's, that's what, a, and, and again, there's a body of work that has to happen before that as well. Right. Like that's the, sure. other thing. there's a body of work of study and, and all of this kind of stuff that obviously the best in the industry, that's why they back themselves in so highly. Is yeah. because they know that they're putting in the work continuously. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's interesting that you kind of bring those points up and kind of loosely connected is, um, uh, so a really good TED talk that I recommend anyone go and watch is Simon Sinek, The Power of Why, um, where he talks about, yeah, so if you're talking about like your products and services, you're trying to sell them to people, um, you really need to think about that why, like what, like that inner reason of why and work outwards from there as to what it is that you're trying to um, help that person with like what is their why um, and then focus on that as opposed to you know what you can specifically do x y and z yeah 100 percent. he's a, he's amazing i so yeah, i think he's yeah. books about i read his books about five or six years ago yeah or like his first one start with why and i was i would you know i, I became obsessed with him you know how you go yeah. through those obsessions where you just love reading yeah yeah someone or something like he was my first kind of the first guy i really got into you know back in the day um probably when I went through that, you know, that was probably, I was probably reading it when I, went yeah. through, when I talked about before. Um, and it clicks, so, right? When you hear him say it, it makes such obvious sense as well. It's one of those 100%. things you know, prior to me reading or, or listening to his, I always listen to audiobooks. I find it better to consume for me personally to learn in that way. So, um, and it was one of those things I was on a dog walk and I was listening to it and I was just like, yeah, like that makes so much sense. Why have I not thought that before? Because it's always been about before, well, this is the best product and we do this, 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 this. And it's actually, if you just figure out why, like what is that person's reason for, for whatever it is that, that they're doing or why are they coming to you? Why are they asking for help? Why are they checking your website out? Like there's a purpose there. And if you can figure out what that is and then you can help them fix it, then you're onto a winner. hundred percent, hundred percent. So I might, and this is probably, I've done this the wrong, wrong way around, but I'll get you to just give yourself a bit of an intro as well and tell the, the audience a little bit about what you do. Cause I think that'll, that'll, um, there's some questions I want to get kind of ask on the, on the, on, on the follow up from there, but, um, I'll get you to just tell them a little bit. I'll, I'm going to do you an intro anyway, but I'll get you to tell them a little bit about okay. what you do. Um, and, and, you know, kind of how you've gotten to where you are. Yeah. Do you, how far back do you want me to go? You don't need to go. I mean, it's up to you. Whatever you think is important. Okay. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a very quick overview. Um, but I, so I actually started out when I was like 20 years old. This is going back a little bit, right? But I won't bore you to death with it. So 20 years old, I started a recruitment company from my bedroom. And it was at the time of the recession in the UK. And I remember at that time thinking, I need a website for my recruitment business to put out online, but websites were thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. So I didn't have that money. I was just a startup business. So I got some books and I spent a whole weekend, rarely slept, drinking Red Bull and coded up my own website. I taught myself HTML, coded up a website over a weekend, launched it on the Monday. Um, it's the most terrible thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, this is like 18, 17, 18 years ago, um, but then built a very successful recruitment company on the back of this front facing website. And um, the recession hit in the UK, lost like 200 grand's worth of business, uh, you know, in my early 20s, and pretty much went bankrupt. So at that point in my life with the recession hitting, I remember sitting across a desk from an insolvency practitioner, and he told me, you need to go bankrupt, like you're, you're fucked, basically. Um, but being 
proud and obsessive compulsive and all those sorts of things. I didn't want to go bankrupt. I didn't want that on my name and I borrowed money and I wanted to pay it back to people. So put arrangements in place. And I, I remember going to Asda, which is like our local supermarket, big supermarket in the UK. And I would spend a pound a day on these most horrendous chicken burgers, uh, a pound a day on pasta and uh, tomato sauce. And because I had no money, so that was my budget for food every day. Um, and I lived in a, a crappy, horrendous place and lived on these processed, disgusting chicken burgers and pasta and tomato sauce for the best part of... I love that though. I love that. <laughs> best part of uh, a few years. Um, and I was like, what, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't, it wasn't that I didn't like working for other people. It was that I, I just like carving my own path in life, right? I liked having, be able to make my own decisions and to be responsible for if I feel happy next week or if I feel like I'm successful next week, or whatever, it's because I did it. It's not because something was given to me. And that's always the way I've been. So at that point I was like, what do I do? And then I thought, oh, I learned how to build websites in my weekend long course that I taught myself, right? So I uh, built myself another little website. Um, I put it up on the internet, did some SEO. And over a period of months now, I'm paying back like the money that I owe people. I've got a website up on Google and it was called Cheap Website Design. And I was doing websites for like 50 quid. Um, and I was spending all day, every day. I was working probably like 17 hours a day, something like that, 18 hours a day, all day, every day. These websites were 50 quid a go. My website quickly got up to page one on Google if you touch in cheap website design. And I was churning out these websites and they were just flying through, uh, managed to pay back everyone I owed, life started to get a bit better. But then I was like, there's no balance here to anything that I'm doing. I'm just working 17 hours a day, every day. Um, and it's horrendous. So this went on for like 10 years or something like that. And then the shit hit the fan again. Uh, Google updated their algorithm overnight. My website disappeared off the face of Google, lost absolutely everything overnight again. Um, but within this time, I started training for a triathlon, started getting into fitness and health and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then kind of progressed from there into bodybuilding as well. So this is now going back like seven or eight years and having all my knowledge of having built my initial business in recruitment and then building it in uh, website design and then getting into like fitness and all that sort of stuff. And then getting a taste of bodybuilding is when I then went and got a personal training session with Jordan. So I, at that stage, had seen his articles and everything he was doing online. I really liked the way that he presented himself. And I thought, oh, like he, he could help me in bodybuilding. So I went up to see Jordan, who at the time himself was just a personal trainer in a gym. Um, and even then, I remember walking in and thinking, Jesus, like he's the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. This was like eight <laughs> yeah. years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so... And we were sitting around talking like during our session and had the idea to kind of put together, I was like, oh, your content's amazing. Like everything you put out is brilliant. It, like you should have some sort of website. And then we started spitballing this idea of building a website together. Um, and then we built trainbyjp.com. Um, and from that, like working with Jordan, I then kind of got a few connections. I went over to Florida and worked with Ben Pekulski for a little while on some of his stuff. Um, and then started to learn working with Ben was great because as a, as a business mind, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I learned I've so a, much. I've done a lot of work. So he was actually, um, he, I've had a lot to do with Ben myself as well. So he's a, he's a, um, an amazing mind just in general, you know, just everything he does yeah. from a standpoint from a, a philosophical standpoint, you know, from a, yeah. he's, you know, he's really what he's really known for the, the, um, his scientific mind is, is, you know, that's, that's another one. You know, that's another part of him that's just quite amazing. But yeah, I definitely can converge and agree for that, agree with that. Yeah, he's incredible. Like to this day, I still even the other day we, I was just even we leaving voice notes for each other on like Instagram, just having a chat about stuff. And um, he's he's such a a good person and human being, and just what he knows like from a business perspective and marketing and everything is incredible. And um, so I worked with him on his MI40X launch, which was at the time we were going through a web-based platform called ClickBank. And it was the most successful fitness launch across a weekend with his MI40X program. So we built out the whole kind of infrastructure for that. Um, and then as time went on, just started working with more people um, and then got into a really good position where I could sort of pick people to work with, like pro projects that would really excite me. So as I got comfortable, um, that's such a terrible word, comfortable, as I started to reach a position whereby I'd worked on things and my experience was growing, I was then fortunate enough to be able to um, you know, have conversations with people with projects that would really excite me. Um, and then from that point, I wanted to 
kind of just get really involved in what people are doing. So I didn't just want to be someone that would, you know, would quote people and say, oh, well, I'll just build you this and charge you X amount and see you later. Like, good luck to you. I really got interested, you know, years ago in the whole business strategy and digital strategy um, and how we kind of actually grow a business. So rather than just put a product out, how we actually take something and make it into a platform and make it something people enjoy using. Um, so this is going back like five or six years now. And then from that point, I started working with people where we could do that. So we would take platforms from nothing and then really get involved in all the ins and outs of it to build out this big infrastructure. Um, now I've got a great team of developers that's grown over the years. Um, and I'm kind of, I see myself as like that middleman now, like a translator almost between my clients who do what they do and love doing what they're doing. They have no care or want or desire to understand anything technical. And why should they? They love doing fitness and bodybuilding and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, just from my experience and everything, have the understanding from the technical aspect. So I'm kind of the in-between. Like I'll discuss with my clients and people I work with their vision and what they want to achieve. We'll have kind of strategy calls as to how that should go, what it should look like and our offering in general and how we position that to our user base. And then I'll go away and sit down with the technical team and we'll put together a, a kind of plan as to how that develops. And then we'll produce that over you know months, years and uh, et cetera. And then it all comes together. And that's sort of where I've got to, to today. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, it's a, it's a nice, it's a, it's a great story to listen to. Um, so, okay. There's a, and that's really interesting, right? Cause I want to kind of unpack what business strategy is to you then, right? Cause you know, you're mm. someone who's working with some of the, the best in the industry and, um, business strategy often, as I said, at the, you know, we were talking initially at the start, I said, I feel like business strategy just gets kind of bundled in with marketing and, and I just feel like yeah. it, it gets undersold. I think business strategy, business strategy is like, it's my, I feel like it's my one true love. Like I just love the art mm. and the essence of business strategy and how I think the term that comes to mind for me is leverage. Right. And, and especially when it comes yeah. to, you know, tech is obviously a form of leverage, um, mm. you know, the, you know, and, and code and, and these kind of things, but there's a few other forms as well, like capital um, labor um, and, and media media is another one. So, yeah, but I think, I wanted to kind of get you to unpack what strategy is to you and, and kind of what you love about it and, and, you know, um, even, you know, how you go about it and, and what, what's the process of strategy when, when somebody comes to you? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question. Um, so, I mean, the process strategy is, it's always evolving. So we'll have an initial kind of concept and in terms of, if you think of the business as like, the initial thing we try to create is something of minimal viability. So we're never striving for perfection from the get-go. Like our, our idea is what does what does this business look like in six months time as opposed to what does it look like in 10 years? It's almost like, you know, within a training cycle or a diet phase or anything like that, you'd have short-term goals and then your long-term goal that you're trying to get to. So we'd structure those short-term short-term goals whilst overall trying to always head towards this main picture that we look like. But that picture isn't that picture is always shifting evolving slightly yeah exactly it's, it's a general idea and and you sort of go along this path to get there but that it always changes into something else or it evolves into something else it all so yeah it always just creates the path right like it's it's yeah. always there to create um or, or dictate what you do in the present moment mm. or you know, the actions you take in the next month and this is what anyone i work with from the get-go i say to them it's so important not to try and create that when we're talking product specific here, not business strategy, but people come and say, I have this idea for this and I want this, 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 this. They've got a checklist of all these things um, and I want to put that out. And I say to people from the get-go, don't like, let's not focus on doing all of those things right now because we're striving for perfection. And if we're going to aim for perfection, because that image of what you want will always shift. It inevitably shifts as you're going through the development phase, as we're having discussions, you know, business evolves, the idea evolves and not just your ideas, but the environment as a whole. So the people that are engaging with you, um, cultural patterns, like behavioral, like that all changes. So that might not align with what you're trying to do. And if you spend five years trying to create perfection, which you'll never get to because you'll always want it to be better or different or bigger or whatever. Um, in that five years of you developing and trying to create, you might get there and then it's completely irrelevant to what you're trying to do in the first place anyway. Um, so I always say to people, let's create the product of minimal viability, something that has the core foundations of what it is that you're looking to do. Let's put it out there to your audience and then let's get feedback from people. And then what we can do is we can build this entire system around what your audience want and we can evolve it into something great built around a community as opposed to you taking five or 10 years to build something. We put it out there and then nobody wants it because we've completely missed 
you know, the path. Um, so in terms of like a business strategy, once we've kind of nailed down, this is our product and minimal viability, it's then about the, the team and how we're all going to work together to align. We've all got to have that same end goal, right? And, and that same kind of vision and work ethic and everything that we want together as a business strategy. But it's having then the team align across the whole sort of journey from start to finish. Um, so how does everyone, where's everyone's piece within that puzzle? Like, what is it that, say, Jordan's specifically doing or Corinne's doing or the athletes are doing within the platform? What, what am I doing? What then are the developers doing? And then how is that all aligned together in the bigger picture of our end goal? And piecing that all together. Um, so, for instance, at the moment on JP, we have the advanced education section. So we have people specifically responsible for doing that. With the development side, we've got phase um three now of this whole new platform of the app that we're absolutely building on the back end. Um, and you have to almost have like a timeline of how you want these things to go along as opposed to it's being proactive, I guess is my main core thing of business strategy as opposed to being reactive. The most difficult situations I've been in is when week on week clients will want to change things. So Monday they have an idea, Mark, I want to do this. And by Friday we try to code it and we try to put it out and it doesn't work. And then Monday, there's a new idea, and then we want to put it out there. And it's important with the whole, you know, bigger picture of what we're trying to do is to always have that presence so that you can structure everything else, all your micro goals in and around that kind of bigger picture that you're moving towards. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I mean, that's, it, it's funny, right? Because I think the the thing you said about team, and I think that gets underestimated. Like, I mean, I really do. Yeah. I think, you know, running a team is probably one of the hardest things in the world to do when it comes to business. Like I can say that yeah. getting that right and understanding that, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the greatest tools ever. Once you unlock it, um, you know, you, and, and it's, it's touch and go, you know, some, some months feel like you're flowing and it's like everything's <laughs> fluent. And then all of a sudden it's like, nothing's working, nothing's yeah. coming together. But um, it's really interesting that you say that. And um and especially with the team, how you, the vision thing where you're creating this long-term vision. Cause that's something we do. Right? It's about, it's about ha always having this vision, right? And then that yeah. vision is broken down so that we have an understanding. Okay. Well, if I want to be here in three years, right, then, yeah. then I, I need to be here at one year or around about here. And then if I want to be there at one year, then, then, you know, what do we need to do in the next six months to make sure that we're at least on track to that? What are our little milestones? What are our little yeah. targets? Um, and again, because all it ever does is gives you absolute clarity of the current moment because it's like clarity yeah. drives action, confusion stops it, right? So if, I'm, if we're always confused, we're never actually going to build momentum and actually make progress towards this overarching goal that we're getting to. And then we, we lose fluency, right? And, yeah. and then, you know, that's not working for anyone. That means, my, you, know, our, you know, the customer is not happy. I'm not happy. Our reputation goes down the drain, but you know, you've also got these, you know, and even just on an, on an individual level, like, and, and you could probably vouch for this is that how successful the company is to, is directly correlated to how well this team works together and the process we take people through. It's like, yeah. unless we can get this right and understand where we're going wrong at any particular time, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're doomed. And, and there's so many cliches in around it, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link and, all that sort of stuff, but it, it's so true. If within your team, there's somebody that's not aligned with your end goal, if they're not there for the right reasons, then it's never gonna work. And there's been you know, situations within various different businesses whereby that's very apparent. And then when we remove those things from the equation, everything starts to move again and starts to go you know, in the direction that we want it to. Um, and it's, it, it's, I mean, it's like anything, it's kind of like, as we said at the beginning, it's if you're, going to have a diet plan you have your end goal of what you want to look like in 16 weeks time um, and each week you'll check in with a coach or whatever and then you'll make adjustments and changes to get there but each week is almost like your little milestone to getting to that end goal of what you want to look like um, and that's all you've got to do you know in terms of like the whole business strategy and everything as well it's just have those little micro phases that you're going through and those little milestones that you're achieving in order to lead you down this bigger path and you might not ever end up at that vision that you initially had but it's going to be somewhere in and around it, you know, as you start to get down, down the line, it's not going to be perfect. 100%. Do, do you see anything changing um, with obviously the current environment? Do you see the, you know, what the, I guess, I wouldn't necessarily say there's a formula or anything like that for success, but do you see um, any changes happening with obviously COVID hitting and, and the, 
not just in the fitness industry, but in, in business in general, do you see, uh, have you picked up on anything that you think might change or, or, or anything that might start to, I mean, be accelerated in a sense? Do you feel like the, what was going to already happen is just being accelerated? Is there, is there an insight that you can give or, or a prediction on, on, you know, where you think things are going to go, whether it's from a marketing perspective, a business strategy perspective, uh, maybe it's code and tech. Do you think that's going to be accelerated forward? Is there anything that you think um, like maybe people should, you know, put their focus into or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's funny, actually. I had this conversation literally just before we had our call with uh, Jordan Shellers and we were talking about the fact that, I mean, I personally feel that the whole COVID situation really kind of separated the coaches online who know what they're doing. They're true to themselves. They've got a really good understanding and knowledge base versus people that were just, you know, there's a PTs and things there to count reps and all that sort of stuff. Um, as opposed to people that really had a knowledge and passion for what it is that they love doing. And a lot of people, I think, when everything's working out in life and you're comfortable, the idea of having something that's scalable or digital is at the back of your mind. Because if all this working now is working fine, why are you going to put the effort into this? That's a long-term thing that's going to perhaps make you money down the road. And by COVID happening and then everything, this huge shift to online because of social distancing and everything, people are like, shit, I need to, I need to do something digital. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So people suddenly had this like fast track course of two or three years worth of their initial plan to go digital into a space of a couple of months that so they didn't lose their audience and it's important that that people did that you know to suddenly have this shift and be able to deliver content in a way that your users can consume it and they can engage with you in order to maintain that loyalty throughout the period of covid and it sort of ties in nicely to if you think about years ago, marketing was about like blanket marketing. So if you take like the Coca-Cola strategy back in the 60s or 70s, it was let's just get Coca-Cola everywhere. And like it would just be perceived that everyone drinks it and everyone will have it. We'll just blanket market to everybody and um, it'll be great. Um, whereas now over the last sort of few years specifically, there's been a massive shift into personalization of content and making sure that anything you're doing is unique to the individual. So even if you're marketing on a, a mass scale, it's important that you talk to people on their specific needs. And this is going back to the why that we discussed. Um, and especially with things now, you know, with algorithms and AIs and everything coming into place, the content in which people see is more structured and personalized to them anyway. Um, so you as a, a marketer or a business person have to really be specific to the people that you're talking to. Um, and I think that it's important to, rather than you talking about your product and you putting it down people's faces all the time, the best thing you could possibly do is have other people talk about your product. And if you think back to the last time you ever brought anything, any product ever that you ever purchased from an advert, I mean, when was that? If you saw an advert online or you saw something in a magazine or on the TV, when was the last time you purchased something because you saw an advert versus when was the last time you purchased something because a friend said to you, oh, go and check this out or this is amazing, go look at that. Like, you could probably think of way more examples of, of that case. So it's important to get people talking about your brand and your business and being excited about it. And the only way to do that is to make those people feel valued. And the only way to do that is to personalize and address their why and treat them as a unique individual as opposed to a mass market that you're trying to you know, consume. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's evangelism, right? It's, it's that mm. it's getting, getting, it's that, you know, getting your customers to do the marketing for you. Right. It's that, yeah, yeah. that's the OG move. You know, I, I often, I, I think the, the, like the, the formula that's working right now from a gym perspective is, um, have a have a product that sells itself and you could you know it might tie into to to kind of everything but have a product that sells itself so that you don't have to spend time selling it um and, yeah. and it's like you know for instance a gym that's aesthetically pleasing has all the bells and whistles but then has uh like you know maybe it's artwork that's um directly speaking to the to the audience that's coming in and these kind of things so that when somebody walks in like yeah look whatever it is i'll sign it type thing mm. um because then that way it's a, it's a time saver, right? It's a, it's a form of leverage, and um, yeah. And then um, the the fact that it's aesthetically pleasing, and especially if it has things such as artwork, right? It's like putting focus from marketing and advertising into purchase and post post purchase, right? So it's you know, yeah. it's almost like you know your wheelhouse a little bit, you know, like when people go from um, putting or allocating capital into it's almost honestly, man, like it's probably what you do, right? It's, it's, that's, that's a good form of what I'm trying to say here is that, and I was explaining in a gym, right. But it's like, 
Mm. When you put your focus into post-purchase and post-purchase, your members end up doing the marketing for you, right? So for instance, I'm sure that with a lot of the apps you are creating, right? The people in there are the ones because, because they love it so much, they're actually doing a lot of the marketing for the individual. Like he doesn't, I'm I'm guessing their advertising budgets aren't huge, right? Because they're, you know, they're creating, they've put, they've already allocated their capital towards creating this, this, personalized experience which is an app yeah. or, you know in in the in the other case that i was talking about it's this gym right it's 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 create and putting it and making it aesthetically pleasing and and um it's it's a call like i call it well, not i call it i learned it off a guy called scott galloway but he calls it like a benjamin button product right it's yeah. something that gets better the more users that go in and you know yeah, yeah. uses you know ai as behavior but I, I i think it's the the same thing with gyms right is that um you know, have you, you, you make it so it sells itself, right? So it's, and, yeah. and make that process easy so that it's, you don't have to waste time on sales. Um, and then you want to um, create and get your members um, to do the marketing for you, right? So if a gym, think about it, if there's a nice piece of artwork in a gym, like there's a gym I know called Crew Fitness and Performance, it's just a gym here in Australia, um, but they have a, they have like a, think about like this is a full factory so it's huge but they have a big full yeah. it's a lebron james painting with a crown uh-huh. on but it's the size yeah. of the whole wall right so mm. all of a sudden when people are taking photos taking training videos they go in they yeah. want to get a photo with it right they want to um they want to get a photo with it or you know maybe it's in the back of their video it all of a sudden becomes authentic to that gym right yeah. and because it's authentic to that gym that then becomes the free marketing. So you, you yeah. know, by simply putting, allocating capital into um, purchase, right, which is, you know, the point of sale um, and post-purchase, right? So in the gym's case, they, they make it look aesthetically pleasing and then they really allocate capital towards, um, you know, uh, customer satisfaction, um, you know, uh, community and culture, these kind of things. Um, mm. And not just capital, but focus. You know, you first of all, you're creating a community that nobody wants to leave. So, you know, that's obviously a big plays a big role in in the ability to scale a business because you don't want people leaving. Otherwise, you're always having to kind of go through that cycle. But yeah, you know, it's like okay, you've got and and then what it is is you've got free marketing. You've got you eliminate the sales process, make you know make it yeah. sell. You know, bang, and then. Um, the community and culture make make a make it so nobody wants to leave right and, mm. and over delivering in that and i mean it kind of does correlate to, to kind of what you do right where you're creating customized apps right so the point of sale you know yep. that's where that's where that's where some of the guys you deal with are actually allocating their capital they're not spending ridiculous amounts on marketing you know they may they and marketing and advertising will never go away right it's it's something yeah, yeah. everybody has to do but um, where should the focus and, and capital go? And I think the OG move right now is that. I think it's putting mm. it into an app that is personalized. That's where you can really start to gain some leverage and, and make some serious, pro, uh, um, you know, progress or, you know, the artwork in the gym. This is all the way I think business strategy, right? It's like, it's kind of going, this is what business strategy really is. You know, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not the actual advertisement. It's it's the stuff that and, and the strategy that, you know, can maybe um, get a scale and leverage. So, I mean, a great example of that is with Jordan Peters and the community we've got for Trained by JP. Um, it, we've now got over 5,000 members. So it's the most successful subscription site in the UK, uh, one of the top in the world for bodybuilding. And we've never put a single penny into advertising. So everything that he's done is word of mouth. Everything, you know, all the money spent on the front end, on the video, uh, on the content that's put into the website and the app. Um, and that touches on what you said nicely, which is to over-deliver. So if you over deliver on your promise to people, they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay because if it's, if you're paying like nine quid to access something where you can get the value of hundreds of pounds a month, then why would you ever leave that? Like if you're in a community of people, like-minded people that are giving you value every single day, what, where is your need to ever leave that? It's like Netflix, right? It's, it's like, you know, you, you're paying, you're paying what I think I, I heard it's for every $1 you pay, you get a billion dollars back. Yeah. You know? in, in product, in production, you know, that's, that's how much yeah. they're spending on, on kind of home that, you know, Netflix originals, you know, like that's, they're now yeah, producing yeah. their own movies. That's a post-purchase move. That's, that's going yeah. vertical. You know, that's, that's yeah. them as a company going vertical. And again, it's like, they don't, you don't have to advertise for Netflix because 
all their capital goes into producing these world-class um, uh, movies that are uh, original yeah. to Netflix, which means that if you want to see these great originals, you can only get them on Netflix, which means, yeah. guess what? It's, it's, it's a strategy that actually creates free advertising. It's like, you know, yeah. how long do they have to advertise? Because they're creating these Netflix originals that everybody wants to watch. Right. Yeah. So it's a post-purchase move. It just seems like the OG move right now. And, you know, the one thing I would say about, you know, being in the tech space and, and with, with yourself is, you know, what I said before with the Benjamin Button project, pro, um, mm. product, right? It's like the, the great thing about having your own customized app is that you get to see the data in the background, right? And it's like you get to see yeah, for sure. usability. You get to see what's working, what's not. And, and again, reallocate yeah. capital into post-purchase to make it better continuously, it's, you know, it just seemed, again, it's, it's the OG move in my opinion. And I think, you know, if I was answering the question I asked you at the start myself, I would say that I would say, um, that's what it's accelerating. And, and it's the people mm -hmm. that start to put their money and, and their time and their focus into post-purchase and even purchase, right? I think point of sale is another one that if you can, if you can make that easier for yourself and make that a, a really kind of an efficient process, I think you know, that's, and, and look, I think that's also what media does, right? Like the more, yeah. the more trust you have with an audience, the more you can get away with, um, from a, a point of sale or the more, you know, the easy, the, the, the more someone will trust you, you know, um, in regards to spending money on the website rather than having to get on a call and, and these kind of things. So it's a really yeah, good yeah. point. And I think, um, you know, it kind of just, it just really consolidates my, my thought process, which is cool because, you know, you, you would obviously see a lot of this stuff happening in real time. Yeah. And that's other things you said as well. I mean, that's why we specifically implemented live streaming into the app recently. So uh, one of the things was like Jordan and most of the athletes don't live stream on social media. And the only place you can access them on live streaming and interact with them is in the app. So that was a really... Yeah, so that was a really cool feature that we added recently. Um, but I, I think, and just touching on things you're saying, like having your own community-driven place is the way to go. And at the moment, obviously, people, a lot of people do use Facebook groups and places like that. Um, but with Instagram, Instagram's seeing a huge shift as well. So Instagram now is focusing on the whole shop aspects of Instagram. They're incorporating, you know, products and things like that into the back end of it. And that whole Instagram's now shifting into this whole new platform and they're going to start monetizing it, put loads of advertising in. And at the same time, you've got the uprise of TikTok and all these other things. So how people market right now is shifting drastically. And over the next couple of years, it's going to change. And the question is, where, where are your audience going to be? Because if, TikTok, if um, Instagram start marketing heavily and they start putting ads on everything, that's when we saw the shift from Facebook, right, into Instagram because Instagram didn't have any ads or anything and it was more engagement and easier for people to connect with each other. But now when you start to see they're going to monetize the crap out of that and it starts to become product-based and purchase, um, you know, based within that platform, where, where are your people going to be? Like, where, how are you going to connect with them? And you need somewhere to do that. So whether you set up your own website with a community group or you have the finances to build an app or you have something as simple as an email list, like the best thing anybody could do right now is to create their own community, whatever that is, text messaging, emails, whatever, so that you've got this core group of people that can listen to you and follow you and you can engage with them one-to-one -one away from the noise of everything else out there. Yeah, I mean, I think Slack's another good play at the moment. Um, mm. Slack is, a, is a, another, you're already seeing a bit of a shift. I think a lot of the business owners that are ahead of their time are actually shifting to Slack from, from these other things, from these other platforms. Um, obviously yeah. the ones that don't want to build their own are, are shifting to Slack just because of that. Um, it's a communication service. It allows you to do what really what the segmentation that you would want to do on Facebook. Um, mm. And, you know, you can do it at scale. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a, it's going to be interesting. That's a really good question, right? Like, uh, I mean, yeah, probably no, no more than I would, but I, uh, I'm interested to see where, where they do shift because it will shift. Um, and, and where it does yeah. is, is going to be interesting to see, but I think, you know, probably, and, it probably speaks more to, you know, uh, crush it so that you can build your own, right. Cause that, that's yeah, something yeah. you can always change with, with what's working. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to. Like, I can't steal that enough. I've just worked, started consulting with someone recently and I've said to them that every single day you need to get people into your email list, like every single day, Whether, or email list or text messaging list or something so that you can communicate with people. And it is, if you look at social media as a whole, TikTok now putting huge investment into actually paying uh, performers on there. So they're having a big 
budget that they're putting together in order to actually start incentivizing people to record content, people to promote. Instagram is have just done their beta testing across shops and released it across the US. And that's coming out, I think it was launched in the UK last week. Um, and they're gonna have uh, Facebook pay integrated into that. So it's gonna become merchant driven. They're gonna start pumping loads of advertising into it and sponsored ads and all that sort of stuff. So it's gonna shift in the same way that Facebook did from a free marketplace into now it's monetized because they're a business that have to make money. Um, so you need a way to keep your audience engaged with you. And you need to think about that long-term because if your only source of engaging with your audience is Instagram and tomorrow Instagram disappeared, what happens to your business? Like you need a backup. You need to go, like roll with the times and evolve. And I'm not saying go and join TikTok today, but just, I think people need to be aware that you need long-term strategies to keep communicating with everybody, whatever that is, WhatsApp groups, email, SMS, you know, whatever works well for you. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's a, it's a necessity, right? It's because again, mm. as you said, if, if, and we've seen, right, shit can happen, right? With what we're going through right now, yeah. you know, shit can get thrown on its head. It's like, this is the, yeah. this is what the world we live in. It's, it's full of black swan events, random events where we're, yeah. You know, it's the world doesn't belong to the biggest it belongs to the quickest who can adapt and, and who can shift yeah. and, um I, I would i would assume that you know having your own platform would would be the quickest adap adaptation that you could make right so yeah. yeah it's it's code it's it's you know you, you're doing your own thing so it's really cool man um i want to say a big thanks for coming on um that we're definitely going to oh, have to you. do another one um because there was a lot of value there and i think um I think there was some places that we could have gone and, and continued to go to. Um, but yeah, I want to say a big thanks for coming on, man. Um, do you want to, I mean, I know that you're, you're usually the guy behind the scenes, but do you want to let the, the, the audience know where they can maybe follow you and, and these kind of things? Yeah, sure. So just on Instagram as Mark Kobe Fox. And then my website is cofoxdigital.com and it has all my clients and people I work with and stuff on there, but feel free. I'm always interested just to, like have chats with like-minded people as well. So if people are doing stuff that's exciting and they just want to shoot me a message and they're like, oh, what do you think about this or that? Like I, I am a nerd at heart and I love this stuff. So uh, like I love to hear from people and see what people are getting into. And you're, mate, you're, you're futuristic. So, you know, um, I'll, I'll second that. I'll say that this guy is, I mean, we've only just really met each other, but um, from a glance, I, I've definitely known that he's, uh, he's, he's, when I say futuristic, he's, he's, um, He's got that element to what you do and, and you're very passionate about what you do. So um, once again, man, big thanks for coming on and I look forward to the next one. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey guys, this is just a friendly reminder that if you enjoyed this episode, if you got something out of it, if you learned, if this conversation sparked some innovation and change in your mind, uh, then hit the subscribe button so that we can continue to, to generate some great conversations with those that are successful in the industry that you know, spark change and innovation in your mind and, and really just make a difference in your life. And again, if it is something that you continuously enjoy, uh, you can also leave us a review in the iTunes app, uh, uh, which is just located below this episode. You'll be able to find it. Big thanks, guys. Big love. And I'll see you in the next episode.